You're listening to Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company's Podcast Plays. On today's episode, Waiting Room by Philip J. Kaplan, featuring the voice talents of Robin Burl and Christy Conticcio. Waiting Room is dedicated in memory of Garrett Swasey, Jennifer Markovsky, and Karare Marcel Stewart. Please note that listener discretion is advised as this play handles the topic of gun violence and more specifically, the Planned Parenthood shooting of November 2015. Stay tuned after the play for an interview with the playwright, Philip J. Kaplan. And now, Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company is proud to present Waiting Room. I love Waiting Room. There's so nothing. You're not here, you're not there. You're just waiting. I love the honesty. It's not called a fun room. It's not called a you're about to discover you have a horrible disease room. It's just a room where you wait. Wait for what? Maybe something fun? Or maybe wait to get horrible news? Do you know my best case scenario is I've got an STD? Best case! Given those choices, waiting works for me. You're gonna be fine. You don't have cancer. You're the medical expert now. (laughs) Compared to you, yes. Lisa, this is not going to be bad. It just takes time. Didn't you bring something to read? I brought Essentials of Modern Business Statistics, weighing in at just under 10 pounds. But if I get engrossed in data sets, I'll miss my appointment. Standard deviation, you won't be able to drag me out of this chair. You want my magazine? I am crackling with energy, bursting with ideas. I do not want to tamp that down with Vanity Fair. (laughs) I need a final semester project, and I think I have it. Waiting rooms, a total redesign. What are waiting rooms missing? Crayons! No one would complain about a waiting room with crayons everywhere. How about Legos? Lisa, that's crazy. Legos in a waiting room. Hmm. On second thought, it's not crazy. It's genius. Tell me more. Lise, Legos would make a mess. Okay. What about angry protesters standing inches away from the front door? Can you imagine people protesting outside a waiting room? Oh, wait, someone already stole my idea. Do you think it would help if I told them that I'm only here for an STD? Good idea. Engage with the crazies. What do they have against Planned Parenthood anyway? They don't like pap smears? I know what they don't like. Planning. They hate planning. And you know why? Am I your straight man today? Why would you say that? I'm offended. Sorry. Straight woman. (laughs) So I say they hate planning. You know why? And you say? Why? Because planning involves waiting and everyone hates waiting. I'm dropping the waiting room redesign. Instead, I'm moving on to protesters. 
can we re-engineer protesters? Here's my business plan. We engage with the protesters. We say, you're lame. You're not accomplishing your goals. You're just making people feel weird and uncomfortable. And you're also weird and uncomfortable. And then what? Then what? Then what? Okay. If I put my business hat on, I'd say to the insane protesters, I want you to be more effective at being overall creepy. You want to stop Planned Parenthood? Then you need weapons. A lot of weapons. Lisa. Right, so I take my business hat off, put my Lisa hat on, and I tell them that with the human genome the way it is, you can create human life from a single strand of hair. So cutting hair is equal to murder. And I send them off to supercuts. Are you really upset about the protesters? <laughs> They're harmless. They're pathetic. I would be lying if I said they were not adding to my already high stress levels. They all could be packing, Robin. They're not. How do you know? Would it be hard for them to get a gun? A lot of guns? I, I don't want to. What do you want this gun for? Well, I spend eight hours a day calling people baby killers. I want the gun for, let's say, recreational hunting. I need to blow off a lot of steam. Sounds reasonable to me, Mr. Lunatic. How many? You don't have to worry. They have guards here. They have guards here because there isn't a threat? Okay, wacky logic, but I get it. When we're done, let's go to King's. They have all-day breakfast. You are talking about the future. The future does not exist in the waiting room. Hash browns. I'll treat. My weakness. You have discovered my weakness. You're gonna be fine. Thanks for coming. I don't know why I'm so scared. I couldn't have done this without you. Lisa? Thank God. Aren't you going to come? Uh, um, uh, examination rooms are, are small. Uh, I'd be in the way. You can do this on your own. Okay. Doing this on my own. With backup at the ready. Go. Bye, waiting room. Hello, future. Your future is hash browns. Yeah. Hash browns. Hash browns are waiting, and so am I. You have just heard The Waiting Room by Philip J. Kaplan, featuring the voice talents of Robin Burrell and Christy Conticcio. Now, stay tuned for an interview with the playwright Philip J. Kaplan here on Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company's Podcast Plays. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard The Waiting Room by Philip Kaplan, and with me here via Zoom is philip kaplan and we're going to chat for a few minutes about the waiting room and uh some other things that he's done so philip welcome to the show thanks for being here oh thanks for having me so we i came across the waiting room 
just by chance, I was on a website that some listeners might know. It's called the New Play Exchange, and it's basically uh, where writers can uh, share their work with other writers or theater companies. And uh, for some reason, this one came up as one of the featured plays on the front of it. And so I said, sounds interesting. Wasn't quite sure what to uh, expect. And uh, whoa, as the, uh, as the listener will probably uh, know what I'm saying, that is a heavy piece. And, and I mean that in, in the best of ways. So I thought it was a very powerful piece with that in mind, but I also thought that it handled the whole idea of uh, gun violence in a very uh, mature and uh, not in your face way. So I, I guess the question that I wanted to first start with was when you went into writing this play, were you worried at all about you know, how people might respond to it as far as, you know, it is sort of political in nature, or it might be seen as that way. Everything's politicized nowadays. Um, what was your your um, approach to this like to um, not make it so heavy handed, but yet resonate so much? Uh, well, first, I want to say that this was written for a project called Code Red, which where they essentially, you know, and this is a really sad fact. Uh, it, it's designed to commemorate victims of mass shootings. And they uh, would assign playwrights, say, well, here is a mass shooting. Uh, here are some of the victims. You can write something about this. And, I, you know, the, the depressing thing is they're, they're still going. They are still coming up with uh, with things. I mean, I guess there was a little bit of a let up during COVID time, but it is still going on. Yeah. So I, you know, so I didn't say, hey, I want to write, you know, I'm just, I didn't just find this randomly. I was handed this, I was assigned this. So then it was like, okay, now I have to write something about, um, you know, th these uh, things. And, you know, I, originally I used the names of the uh, people because, and then somebody pointed out, no, don't do that because, mm -hmm. You're just making up stuff, which is true. So um, I, it, it is inspired by this. It was my sort of imagining of something like that. Uh, but in terms of, you know, how to commemorate or how to make people understand the horror of, you know, gun violence, I thought, well, let's get to know people before and, you know, try to make them as engaging as possible and try to get into the, the thing. So that's kind of what I hope uh, I've accomplished. And I, I think that's one of the things of, of writing to, to get inside people's heads to show people things that they haven't really thought about. So, you know, it's like you're, you, it, it, it's, it's the, one of the things is actually a historian talked about this, which is sort of interesting. They said, nobody sat in their diary and wrote, today is the first day of the hundred year war. <laughs> right. So the idea is you, the people, you as the audience know what's going to happen. The characters don't. Right. Right. So as the listener knows by this point, uh, this play was about the Planned Parenthood shooting. It took place on November 27th, 2015. Um, actually, pretty close to when this podcast is airing. That that it did add a lot of suspense or emotion to it. Uh, as the young lady goes into the examination room and her friend, you know, stays in the waiting room. Uh, and that's 
where the play ends. That's no spoiler, because by this point, everybody has heard it if they're listening to this. You know, you can't help but wonder what's going to happen to them. Um, do you, in your mind, and, and maybe you can't tell us this because it's one of the playwrights, you know, secrets. Um, did you, in your mind, have, like, how it would play out? What would happen to these two ladies uh or do you just prefer to like kind of leave it open-ended like that and up to the audience to do with as they will well funny thing you should mention that because i have written a full-length play following the surviving character uh it is called comfort zone and it had a reading a couple of months ago at the b8 b2 a theater company in California. <laughs> I, have to, I have to update it on my website. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, I'll be, I, you'd be, and, and this happened, I don't know, six months later, I suddenly um, thought, hmm, I could do something with this just, you know, going forward. So I, I did a, uh, I, I basically took two people, gotcha. the, um, I, I don't want to give too much away about oh, it. Oh, don't, no. I, it, it, it exists. Okay, great. Well, that'll be something that uh, we'll we'll have to read at some point. And uh, speaking of your website, I do have to just, as a side note, uh, tell you how much I enjoyed the part of your website that said other Philip Kaplan's. You know, so as you point out, Philip Kaplan, not a very uncommon name, uh, but you're the first website that I have seen where uh, you you link to or describe. The other Philip Kaplan. So, uh, so very nice on that, especially the part where you said, "And one's a lawyer." Big surprise, right? Or, or something like that. So, a great sense of humor. And that's another thing I think about the waiting room too. It it is a dark topic, gun violence, and and certainly uh, what's kind of looming over the scene. But there's a lot of humor uh, in there too, a lot of heart, and I think that gets to what you were saying before about kind of getting to know the characters and, and feeling for them. Um, I've noticed you've written other comedies. Do you find writing comedy uh, versus drama, do you find one of them more difficult than the other? Um, I think, you know, when I started, I would just kind of write comedies. And, and you know, the thing with a comedy is you when you when it's done in front of an audience, you immediately know whether a joke has worked or not. Mm-hmm. You know, many people laugh or whatever. Uh, and I will say, this last year and a half of Zoom plays has been total torture <laughs> because I'm hearing plays and it's dead silence, and I don't know what's going on. And in fact, I actually just finally heard one of my monologues done in front of an audience. Like, oh, okay, that worked. But yeah, yeah you know, a lot of times I, I'll write a play and I'll say, I don't even know if this is, has got laughs in it or not. And the only way I'll know is if people laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've written some very dark comedies. I wrote the one, I wrote a climate change, uh, I wrote a climate change comedy where basically almost everybody dies at the end of it because it's it's takes place 50 60 years in the future and it's well climate change it was right, uh, right. it's called the president of ohio huh and well that, that uh, i love that title 50 to 60 years you say well let's see um i'll, I'll be gone so i'm, I'm yeah. all set i'll be gone uh great great uh and you had ta- told me before the podcast that you you weren't a playwright by 
trade for your career, but uh, it seems that you have been doing uh, a lot of it uh, throughout you know, your, your life. Uh, did you find that writing during the pandemic made it more difficult or because you were just kind of stuck in your home and, and you saw all, all of these, you know, terrible things going on in the world that might make great play ideas. Did that inspire you? Um, well, I will say that I'm, um, I've been part of this theater group called the, uh, the shelter and we've been able to do zoom readings during the, this thing is there. So um, I've just continued to, I, I basically, if I come up with an idea, then I write the play. Um, and I, I don't know if the pandemic necessarily changed anything for me in the sense, because, you know, if you think about it, when you're writing, you're just sitting in front of a screen and a keyboard and doesn't really matter what's going around there as long as it's not raining on you or just- you got just, a point. Yeah. So no, I wouldn't say the pandemic has necessarily um, did things other than my food is was washed for a while, you know, with, or yeah. when we were washing our groceries, that was an experience. But um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's like in terms of writing, in terms, I guess the, the real question is when, when are the COVID plays going to start coming? Because I don't know if it's um, something I can really wrap my head around right now. Sure. Yeah, it might might take a few more years, maybe a, li a little too soon. Well, if you do write a COVID play, Philip, I would love to read it. Love to read all of your stuff. And I'm sure that the audience is clamoring for more. Check out his website, folks. Well, all right. Well, hey, Philip, thank you so much for chatting with me and for letting us uh, do this play. Uh, I can't wait to read, as you mentioned, the follow-up to it, as well as that Bunny Boy one sounds great. You got me hooked. I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, so thank you again for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company's podcast plays and The Waiting Room by Philip J. Kaplan. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to be updated for the latest episodes. If you think that you have a play that will work as a podcast play, we'd love to read it. Visit www.jakespearevtc.com slash submit. Tune in again next week for another installment of Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company's podcast plays.